Greetings and welcome to the Screen 17 podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Raymond Hogg, joined as ever by Rob Mullen. Hello. And Eddie Martha Bolton. Why did you say that name? <laughs> That's my mother's name. Yes, I've, <laughs> I've decided that from this point on, I'm going to change my name manually in this because they've run out of jokes for us. <laughs> Squadcast has stopped giving us a joke. Because they keep repeating the same names. Now, I don't really so. think that's their responsibility, Eddie. It's kind of that's what that's what there. we're paying for. We're not paying yeah. for recording equipment. We're paying for <laughs> random default names. You hear that, Squadcast? Give us some random names for Eddie. Better um, random names. Stop using better the same random words. names. So every other week, we come to you with our thoughts and takes on the media we've consumed from screens, big and small. If you like what you hear, please consider liking, subscribing, or whatever your preferred podcast service suggests. You can also find us on Facebook as Screen17 or on Instagram at Screen17Podcast, both where you can contact us, ask questions, or simply suggest topics for future episodes, because we're always looking for suggestions. Now, this week we are chatting about the second movie in the DCEU. Uh, They went straight from Iron Man to Avengers in this (laughs) Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice so this is this is going to be a good one I think we all have good opinions on this one uh, oh no we have opinions can we talk about something else first no no yeah. no we're going straight into it but if you don't want us to go in straight into it what am I trying to say I don't know before we get into it it's that segment I'm forgetting called what you've been watching Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's been a long week. It's Tuesday. It's been a long week. This and uh, Ray's fumbling over phoneticism is the only reason I'm here. Well, I came for the default names. At least you're you're getting something out of this, Rob. I can't do a solo podcast. This is why I need help from people. I, I need people to bounce off. I can't carry this thing, but I can't even be carried. I'd love to hear you do a solo podcast show. <laughs> it would just be ADSM or what's that called? ANSR? No, I mean, you know what? You, you were bang on. You were bang, you were bang on originally in the ADSM. Yeah, absolutely. Just like that sounds a lot more sexual for some reason. Just eating pizza. Just going, oh, God. Yeah, the complete of ASMR. Yeah. Just right every now and then going, Oh no! Oh, they put pepperoni on this one. I love pepperoni. Why? You would, wouldn't you? Because you would it's gorgeous. Pepperoni. The only like pizza pepperoni. topping that shouldn't exist is tuna. Why would you put tuna on a pizza? Oh, yeah. I agree with you there. It's tuna. It's tuna. Tuna. Bloody BDSM here and, and tuna. ADSM and tuna. <laughs> Anyways, lads, what have you been watching? Who wants to go first? Wait, Eddie, Rob, stop. No, not you. Eddie, go. Okay, me. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I do apologize. Rob, Rob was, uh, his mouth was half open there. I ready could see to, him. He was ready, ready to, to strike. 
He was ready. He was like a cobra. I was just about to look at my own list to remind myself what I watched. He actually populated the list this time. I have oh, to well. say, he's, he's improving. He's improving. So we've never done, the three of us have never populated the list. <laughs> Eddie, your list um, is still last week, so um, you're going off the top of your head, aren't you? I've written them down elsewhere. I So I've, I've, I joined a site called Letterboxd, maybe the start of January, to log the films and that of what I'm watching, and you can give them a rating as well. So it actually helps to look mm. back and see and actually go, oh, <laughs> I forgot I watched that. Huh. Mine's quite animation heavy this week. Um, so I'm going to start on two TV shows. I'll quickly talk about, um, first, the first is the great North. Have either of you heard of this? No, no, nothing. It's a, it's an animated show by the same guys who created Bob's burgers. Oh, deadly. And so Nick Offerman and Will Forte are both in it. And nice Rob, uh, Rob, just, sorry, Rob just held up a, a drinking, a flask, a, flask, a Batman flask. It's a Batman, Batman sippy cup. Drinks bottle. Yeah. It's a Batman sippy cup. Yes. <laughs> sippy cup. Wait, can I, can I AS more this? Isn't that nice? Oh, God. <laughs> Tell anyway, us about the Great North, Eddie. So it's three episodes in now, so I've watched the first two. It's off to a good start. I wouldn't say a great start. I wouldn't say a bad start. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's about a, a family who are kind of living in the wilderness and they are with a single dad who's played by Nick Offerman and it's basically about their you know who who's going to rebel against this life in the wilderness and who's going to who's going to go along with the plan and yeah you're still I mean you know like any other show you're starting to find out who the characters are and what they're mm-hmm. all about over the first few episodes so, yeah, I'm going to continue on with that for a while. I'll see how it goes. Hopefully it gets a little bit better, but that's usually how these shows go, so you need to give it a chance. Yep. The other show I was actually going to talk about it was, and I haven't watched this yet, but I'm interested in it, is the... I talked to you a little bit about Ray last night, is the new Simpsons episode that came out. Yeah, you were saying uh, it's supposed to be Robopolis, really good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like a really nice premise. Um, I'm hoping that it lives up to the premise of Bart finding Miss Krapple's diary. And uh, it's it seems to be that she thought an awful lot of him and had a lot of time for him. So I'm sure, and I think they repurposed a few of the lines from, hmm. from Edna Krapple during the years to tie it into the episode. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to watch that myself, actually. So on the film side, I completed my Leica collection of films. So, you know, Leica are the stop-motion animated studio who've done the likes of Cuba on the Two Strings, Coraline, Paranorman. And I finally finished, well, I think they have five films out, but I finally finished the collection by watching Box Trolls last week mm. and really enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant. You have uh, voices like Richard Awadi in it who, um, you know, he's so distinctive that you yeah. can't help but laugh every time he comes on screen. And Tony Collette, and there's a few, there's a few other big names in it that, and it's, it's typical like it, like it's incredibly dark at points mm. during the film, but it's also extremely humorous. And I know, like, 15 minutes into it, something happens, and I prop my heartstrings were being pulled straight away. So you know, you're onto a good, a good thing when you're taken in by a film that quickly. Yeah. Have either of you watched Box Shows? Yeah. Um. um no, the only no. one of those I've seen is actually Coraline. Um, Did I not show you Paranorman? 
we might have actually watched Paranorman as well, but the only one I, I distinctly remember watching and loving is Coraline, which is fantastic. It's like I think it's one of my favorite movies. Kubo is along the same lines. The only two of theirs I haven't seen is Missing Link and uh, Box Trolls. Everything mm-hmm. else I saw and loved. Um, they've such a fantastic animation style, and it's quite varied. I know they generally go with that stop motion kind of style, but um, yeah, Coraline yeah. is so good. And it is it's all really stop good. motion, like actual stop motion. It's not like CG mm-hmm. designed to look yep. like stop motion. No, it's all stop motion. And this, the well, interesting bit at the end of this is, now this is not spoilers for the plot or anything, but at the end of the film too, the characters, they have like a little post-credits or mid-credits uh, sequence with two of the mm-hmm. characters. And it's just a simple thing of them sweeping a road and talking. And it's Richard Arawadi, one of the characters, and he's, he's basically going, imagine if we were being controlled by someone right now. Imagine the work that would have to go into just like raising my eyebrow and then it starts backing up off of it and you're seeing the stop motion characters in, in real time. In, well, yeah, yeah, and they're... then you're seeing it, the sped up version of the guy doing the little motions. Wow. And he's like, imagine even me talking right now, he'd have to be doing this. <laughs> because just, the guy's going crazy. But like, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's great to see that they acknowledge the incredible like i just can't wrap my mind around the amount of work that would go into a stop motion film like that yeah but um yeah even the worst stop motion movies i still have a lot of time and appreciation for um uh, i've I've seen one or two in my time but like my first kind of introduction stop motion would have been obviously nightmare before christmas Mm -hmm. and even just seeing the behind the scenes of what happened on that and how there was two weeks work they did once and someone elbowed the camera rig by mistake or something and it went off. like oh okay, god like went off and they had to go back and redo the entire scene again um, oh my god that's like, crazy it's just incredible like the amount of work that goes into it but also like the quality i mean i was looking up the you know the budget for these films is very high and their their take is not massive so mm. the fact that these films get made at all is is a miracle um I personally wasn't crazy about Missing Link. I thought it was good, but nowhere near the the quality of the other four. Like for me, just to show you the quality, what I I think of it, Ray, is Coraline is my second least favorite, and I still think Coraline's amazing. Mm. Oh wow! What's um, your favorite then? Paranorman is my oh. yeah love. Paranorman. Uh, it's really hard for me because I I really like the three that I've seen. I'm maybe preference because i've seen it most recently i'd go for kubo yeah i, I mean it's it's a it is right kubo's a number two but it's a it's a very hard choice because kubo's more epic whereas i felt um paranorman kind of was more humorous i remember more paranorman yeah. maybe that's because i've seen paranorman more if i maybe mm-hmm. if i watch kubo a few more times they might change but I, I really fun i i like i i loved box trolls i thought it was it was as good as everything else I've seen by Leica. So yeah, I'd, I'd really recommend it. It's great fun. And again, heart, heart wrenching and scary and dark at the same cool. time. It's, it's usual Leica. I'll yeah, quickly go through the, the last two. Um, so on a more serious side was uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which I watched. And I had massive expectations going into this film because I thought the trailer that came out at the end of last year was one of the the best trailers I've seen in, in quite a long time. Mm. Um, 
but it was directed by uh, a man called Shaka King, who I'd actually never heard of, but it was produced by Ryan Coogler, who's of Black Panther fame. And I assume he got this, you know, one of his um, friends or one of his cohorts in Shaka King into to direct the film, got the studio to okay it. Mm. But you have Daniel Kaluuya, who is playing the character of Fred Hampton, who was the leader of the Black Panthers in the States and was executed uh, by the police at the age of 20 or 21. Um, and also Lakeith Stanfield, who was in Atlanta and he was in, he was also in Get Out with Daniel Kaluuya, is the undercover agent who has infiltrated the Black Panthers to give information to the FBI. So, yeah, I had massive expectations for this and it's I it, it's hard because the, my expectations were so high. I gave it four stars that that feels I was expecting to give it five stars going in so I felt yeah, disappointed yeah. coming out of it but it's a great film. It's really really good. It's I felt I didn't connect to the characters like I thought I was going to mm. and that was that was part of the problem for me, but the acting is incredible. The direction is... I think that's that might be part of my problem, is the direction is kind of quite simple in its execution, but that's not always a bad thing. No. It's really hard to put, to put my finger on why I wasn't crazy over this. Um, it might have just been the fact that your expectations were so high that possibly, like, yeah. it was a bit more just drama or something i don't know well it was quite slow moving ray yeah. so i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i no no one did i be like <laughs> Jesus. uh no i mean i you know it's it's a fascinating story i'd recommend everyone watch it but i yeah it there was just something missing from it being a, a classic whereas i felt because the same character fred hampton is in the trial of chicago seven oh you were saying this actually yeah and not that i got more out of him in that because um he he's not he's like he's a kind of a side character in the whole thing but i felt like you you nearly got more of an idea of the power he had over people mm. in trial of chicago 7 yeah. or the influence or the yeah i could talk about this for a while and, and yeah. not really get anywhere with it but again i'd, I'd recommend people watch and make up their for own the two of them so I'm, I'm probably going to watch the two of them at some point over the next few months but is there one that you should watch before the other to kind of get a bit of a better mm. idea yeah, I'd watch Trial of Chicago 7 first. Okay. Cool. Because there's a bit in Trial of Chicago, Chicago 7 that is referenced in um, in the Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm. There's a picture that comes up in it, and I remember going, oh, yes, that sure that happened in the Trial of Chicago 7. So. All right, cool. Anyway, my last one is my Ryan Reynolds pick. Oh, yeah. And I know I built this up on uh, on our last episode with... Side quest heroes. If people haven't checked that out, there was a little tease for this. So I finally got around to watching R.I.P.D. Oh no, you have yeah. this on steelbook, oh. don't you? No, I don't. It doesn't have a steelbook. Jesus. I had it on Blu-ray, and then I, I had it. I hated when HMV was closing. They had like three euro Blu-rays going for sale, and I was like, Ah, sure, it's Ryan Reynolds. I'll pick it up. <laughs> and I think I sold it to CEX with the plastic still on it. <laughs> Oh my god! That sounds probably, about right. You probably still didn't get anything for it. what? Did you get fifty cents or something? I probably yeah. I probably lost money on it. Too much. Um. So I can't say this enough. It's not a good film in any way, shape, or form. 
But the thing I'll say about it is it's not unwatchable. It's not the disaster you'd imagine it to be. Yeah. It is a poor man's Men in Black. It's a film we've seen thousands of times at this stage. And it's performances by these two that we've seen, you know, Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds, that we've seen oh, them dude, do. I was kind of thinking who was the other person in it. Was it like Nick Nolte? I was like, no, it can't be Nick Nolte. But it's, no, it's, it's just Jeff Bridges from uh, True Grit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he's done that character now four or five times, not just yeah. in, in True Grit and RIPD. So it's... The budget was, in, I think it's like 140 million, and I have no idea where that uh, is on the screen. Genuinely, like the the monsters that appear in it look like PS3 characters, maybe. God, being being like uh, being generous to the film. I have and, a question for it. Yeah. Um. So my own experience with this movie was I saw bits of it when I was living at home with my parents and my brother and my dad were watching it and I just came in the room after being out and swiftly left. But <laughs> So they're dead, right? And yeah. then, but they show, they're like, alive people can see them. I should go, for, so, I should I should give the premise of this. So yeah, the, the idea mild, is that... Mild spoiler warning, fwing, fwing, fwing. Nobody cares. No, Nobody's yeah, going to no, watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoiler warning. I mean, I won't give away the ending of the film. But the, the idea is that um, Ryan Reynolds is part of the LAPD and he, I think it's the LAPD, it's that or New York, I can't remember. Mm. doesn't matter. And he had stolen something with Kevin Bacon, who was also part of the police force. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds is uneasy about this and he wants to give up his bit and he says to Kevin Bacon, like, oh, I won't mention you in this, just I don't feel good about this. And Kevin Bacon goes, ah, you're, you're probably right. They go to a raid Kevin Bacon shoots Ryan Reynolds and okay, I won't spoil that bit. This is not really important. Hang on for one second. Is this a world where people are aware ghosts exist? No. Okay. No. So, so Ryan Reynolds dies and one of the better parts of the film is what happens when someone dies is that the entire world becomes still. So, He's the only one moving around everything else that's just stopped completely. So, like, for him, the, the second he dies, that's what he sees in the world. And then he's brought up to to heaven, I suppose. And some of the visuals in that are pretty cool and um, inventive. So, actually, at the start of this, I was like, oh, okay, maybe we're in for a visual treat, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see the monsters. And... <laughs> Uh, the so then yeah, Ryan Reynolds joins the RIPD and his partners Jeff Bridges, and they don't get on. Shock, shock, horror, horror. And I guess the idea is that Ryan Reynolds is trying to hunt down Kevin Bacon. Okay. And when the ghosts come down, they take over bodies, but it's the same two bodies all the time. So Jeff Bridges what? is this stunning blonde woman. And Ryan Reynolds is oh, I have to find this name because but do you know you the you take over the same two bodies all the time? Is this like throughout history? These two bodies are just the sleeves for these ghosts to pop down. Like, are they <laughs> sleeves everlasting? That's an awful way to call. That's horrible, Ray. Oh. That's what they're called in. Um, oh no. Uh, what's that? Our altered carbon. The disposable human bodies are called sleeves. They're known as avatars in this. They're always known so, as avatars. It's so unoriginal. So yeah. Call them sleeves. So anyway, James Hong is... Do you know James Hong? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's no, been in. No, you, you definitely know him, Ray. He's been in everything. They're trying to get him in uh, a hall of uh, a Hollywood uh, star in in L.A. because he's been in so many films. Um, Big Trouble in Little China, Ray. Blade Runner. He's even he's in Blade Runner as well. Oh yeah, he's Luke, yeah. Luke Lopang. Yeah, he's in everything. So he's Ryan Reynolds, and then Jeff Bridges is this stunning blonde woman. So every now and then there'll be like a bit of a body swap humor going on in this, mm. which is some of them. Some of the bits are funny, but they could have done an awful lot more. I think this film could have been a good film. I don't think there was ever a chance it was going to be great, but I think it could have been a good, humorous, nice watch. And it just doesn't reach there because the plot is so thin. Even the characters, as much as I love Ryan Reynolds, his character is not fleshed out at all. Um, mm. I actually had a better time watching Jeff Bridges. There's one scene where I like properly laughed out loud, and that 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 left a memory in in, in my head of the film, if nothing else. So <laughs> I've seen an awful lot worse. Fair enough. Uh, but that's yeah, that's that's my my latest in Ryan, and now I need to go and delve deeper into <laughs> into the sewer. <laughs> yeah. Rob, I'll let you. Uh, jump Sorry for in taking now. up so much time. No, you're no, fine. I mean, it's been about two and a half uh, weeks since we last recorded, so we had a bit of a catch-up to do. Mine's fairly short. Um, there's only a few things really worth talking about. Um, so I've, again, sort of lazily just been re-watching things. Um, I re-watched Inception. Cool. Uh, just because I felt the need to for quite some time, felt that pang. And uh, it still holds up. Uh, I think the effects are starting to look a little bit dated. Oh, really? Um just a little, especially mm. the scene when they're in the dream at the cafe and it explodes. Oh, yeah. But I think it's just because everything is so still that you have mm. a bit more time to kind of analyze it. Mm. But, I mean, it's still great. still beautiful visuals in it. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember how many times I've seen it now, but bits here and there are a bit off, I think, by now. You know, especially the way Christopher Nolan fudges time. Yeah. Um, I think was when the van is trailing off the bridge and then they're in the other level below that in um, the hotel. Mm. Supposedly in the hotel, they've only got two minutes. But uh, JGL has enough time to get all the unconscious people, wrap them in a telephone cord, get them into the elevator, tie explosives to it, and then create some gravity change (laughs) that will allow them to wake up. Don't think um, about it, Rob. Just don't think about it. <laughs> are, you sure that's, are you sure that's the case? I'm almost certain. I remember watching it and thinking, there's no way this is two minutes. And they, they said something about it being two minutes. But okay. I'm open to being wrong. <laughs> it's very likely. Hmm. Um, to be honest, it, that's such a stupid nitpick anyway. Um, it's a great movie. I, I really like it. I think any movie that leaves people arguing about the ending in an interesting way, not just a, that was crap, wasn't it? Mm. Um, cause this is great. It really leaves you thinking. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting because these films where you have a great time and you don't question anything, it's just bombardment of your senses yeah. and you come out and go, my, my God. And it's only 10 years later after multiple rewatches, you go, ah, oh, hang on a second here. Yeah, exactly. And doesn't that say an awful lot that you're willing to go back to a movie and sort of analyze it more and get more out of it and i think especially as you get older then you start to relate to characters differently Mm, um, to really see their motivations yeah that to Mm. me like the whole thing at the end of him putting down the uh, little dreidel he has 
is that he doesn't care anymore. He's now made his decision that he just wants to be with his kids regardless. Yeah. Even if it's a dream, he's just going to walk away from even thinking about it because his real desire is just to be with his family, hmm. um, which I think is nice. You know, yeah. obviously he's been chasing what he thought is the truth and that is his obsession. And he got lost in his dreams hmm. and now he's just accepting whatever his faith is. Um, yeah, so that was really fun. I've been meaning to rewatch it for quite a while. And I think then inspired by uh, watching, was it last Wednesday or Thursday, the live stream of the Perseverance landing oh, on Mars. That was deadly. It was so cool. Like, so amazing to watch. Have um, you seen the color a... video of it, live video of it dropping? Yeah, it's cool. I saw that today. It was amazing. It's, yeah. Um, it's just like the amount of work and thought and effort that has gone into this. It was such a hopeful thing to watch as well. Mm. It's, given current times you know yeah yeah um that this sort of just beautiful moment um so inspired by that i rewatched apollo 13 which is sort of on the same spectrum i thought you were gonna say i'm really... gonna watch martian or something no I, no, no it's, you see, i watched a martian pretty recently <laughs> i watched the martian pretty recently so i felt like apollo 13 and i was flicking through netflix and it was on there um and i haven't seen it in probably 15, 20 years or something. Um, it's a really good movie. God, Tom Hanks is so young in it. Um, it does also leave you with the pangs of you know missing Bill Paxton. Yeah. Um, taken from us far too soon. He's mm. a great actor, or was. Actually, um, speaking, of, speaking of Bill Paxton, I, I had the Terminator on earlier on doing a bit of work. I always forget he's in it, because it doesn't look like him at the start of that. What, yeah. What's the matter? Laundry night or something like that? <laughs> <It's so fun. laughs> He's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had a very spacey week last week. Um, a lot of fun. I would highly recommend if you hadn't seen Apollo 13 in quite a while, go back and watch it. Now, mm. I've heard there's a great documentary about Apollo 13 that is way more accurate that I need to watch now. Cool. Because um, obviously the movie dramatizes a lot of things, like it puts a lot of the emphasis on um what's your man's name the pilot who didn't get to go Can I yeah, call kevin bacon you? no kevin bacon is the one who got to go oh he did go Jack oh ah uh, no i'm not gonna um, get him. gary sinise that's the one yeah but even like you know dramatized or not it's still mm. pretty amazing thinking about how you solve a problem like that you have three men in space who are going to die if you don't have, like, solve one problem after the other. And actually, talking about the Martian, that was the nice bit at the end of the Martian, is, like, it's all about problem solving. You just, you solve one problem, mm-hmm. and then you move on to the next one, and on to the next one. And Apollo 13 has almost the exact same message, Yeah. only they do it in parallel. They've got mm-hmm. a team over there solving the carbon dioxide problem, a team over there solving the speed problem, mm-hmm. a team over there solving the landing problem. Um. And then the doctor in the middle sort of stressing about their health. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I found it really hopeful, again, to sort of linked to the whole virus perseverance thing. Yeah, I was rewatched that. Um, the other sort of fluff watch I've been having for the last several weeks is Mythbusters, which okay. is sort of like Ed's uh, mentioning of The Office last time is a thing I can just stick on in the background and watch almost any time. Um, I found it really enjoyable because it's just sort of a creative problem-solving thing to watch. Mm. Um, 
back when you know Discovery Channel and History Channel used to be good. When they actually talked um, about Discovery and history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not not just, just, what, what do they show now? Ancient aliens? Ice Road Truckers or something, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, Ponster. Oh, I used to God. watch a lot of that in fairness. Loved that show back in the day. Or, um, it's all fake, though. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so I, I love Mythbusters. It's so much fun. Hmm. Um, that's me. Yeah, I won't talk too much about it. Grant, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just have a little bit of a whistle stop on what I've covered. I didn't really watch too much varied stuff this week. I've kind of been on a Cobra Kai slash Karate Kid buzz. Uh, the other week, we... Uh, <laughs> Eddie's uh, moving his laptop from one room to another, and it looks like like a scene in one of those horror movies where he gets pulled into the attic. <laughs> you know, that would be a great movie, actually. Imagine having... Oh, here's here's an, a great idea for a movie set in the COVID era, right? You have friends and you're having um, live stream chats and then one of them has someone pass behind them in the camera. <laughs> we, there's already a movie like that. That'd be so cool. Yeah, but, you know, this would be our one. <laughs> oh. There's well. always an idea like that. Well, anyways, we'll, we'll do that for Halloween. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I rewatched... Well, I was, myself and Trish were going to start Cobra Kai and then I was kind of thinking, no, I need to rewatch the first movie because i haven't seen it in years i probably haven't seen it since the 80s to be honest um so we rewatched uh karate kid d- finished that watched cobra kai finished that if you've never seen it it is fantastic it's do you just, mean karate kid or cobra kai both um karate kids grand and everyone is absolutely right daniel russo is a scumbag um <laughs> he wins with an illegal move yeah he, he's he's the villain in that movie like the more we were watching it the more we were kind of going are we supposed to be rooting for this person because <laughs> i really <laughs> fucking hate him uh-huh. um but then cobra kai kind of gives a bit of world building behind that and god it's the amount of careful fan service in cobra kai is amazing it's like they don't like it's the Cobra Kai for anyone who doesn't know it's it's more about Johnny Lawrence than it is about Daniel LaRusso he's kind of like a secondary character even though he is kind of fairly in it quite a lot but they're not trying to glamorize Johnny Lawrence being this like you know good person or anything he's still in his core a good person but on the outside he's just a douchebag but he's just a douchebag because that's all he's ever known and it's kind of interesting to see a take like that um but yeah, no, there's great uh, callbacks to the first movie. Um, then, yeah, yeah, I mean, season one is great. So then we started, decided to watch Karate Kid Part 2 before we started season two. Um, I had a stream of it. It wasn't great halfway through, so I had to kind of bail on it. And then we just started Cobra Kai season two. But what I saw in Cobra Kai season two is referenced in Karate Kid 2. So I wonder if they're going to do that every season. That Each season is kind of a look back on what happened in the previous movie. Cannot um, wait for season four. So, is that the next Karate Kid? Yeah, with Hilary Swank, isn't it? Hilary Swank and the and the uh, what do you call them? The monks dancing to the Cranberries' dreams out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that will happen. I don't know. I mean, the show is on a bit of an upward tra- tra- trajectory um so maybe they will get hillary swank in to do cameo in season four i don't know She's not doing nothing else yeah so we never know you might see that um so that's my karate kid cobra kai buzz going on at the moment um the only other thing really we've been watching is a show called superstore which i've only really been turned on to recently um 
I think there's a good like four or five seasons of this already. Uh, completely flew under my radar, but it is absolutely hilarious. It's kind of filling that weird uh, community, the, the good place scrubs vibe. Cool. Um, this it, is, I've only seen like images of this. This is set in a big box store. Isn't yeah, it? it's kind of set in what, what was like a Best Buy or, or a Walmart kind of store. And it's all about. Oh god, I can't remember the lead character's name. It's him and a girl called Amy, played by America Ferrera. Um, like, and she's kind of the the real main character in it. But he's kind of like a douchebag, kind of nice guy at heart, but really selfish. Like, like most of the best kind of sitcom characters are. And it's all about the antics going on in the store. But some of the jokes are just absolutely fantastic. Like, there was a Halloween episode recently where it's like the oldest employee working in the store is a lady called Myrtle. And she must be in her 90s in real life. But there's a guy walking past and he's just standing there dressed as death and she just walks over and holds his hand. <laughs> <laughs> there's like really weird background jokes like this. It's very worth your while and very easy to watch. Episodes are only like 20 minutes long. Um, check it out. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Having worked in B&Q, I feel like I'd get a lot out of that. Yeah, I must give it a go. Same. Yep. Actually, yeah. it reminds me of, there was a Dane Cook movie. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. <laughs> um, uh, employee of the year or employee of the month yeah yeah, that was the one and it was all about working in some big box store um, Jessica, Jessica Simpson was in it as well that's oh, right that does sound I, familiar I think you and I might have gone to see that Rob we did yeah that's the only time I've seen it yeah um, uh, that's a good recommend right um, yeah. yeah and, and uh, funnily enough the reason I was saying it was kind of like Scrubs it actually the, the guy who created it is one of the um, creator. He's one of his credits actually includes Scrubs. So there you go. Bill Lawrence. No, Justin Spitzer. Okay, Bill Lawrence. Bill Lawrence is the guy who created Scrubs, uh, and he's also created Cougar Town. Men, wasn't it? No, 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 no. He, he just lost. No, he does much better work than that. Right. Cougar Town and Ted Lasso, which. Which on on another topic, I I cannot recommend to you guys enough to watch Ted Lasso. It's so brilliant and lovely. It's like the loveliest hug of a show. Hmm. It, you don't have to like football to watch it. You really don't. Yeah, Football's like better. a background. So um, that's all that's ca- caught up, lads. That was a two and a half weeks of media. I, did, I suppose the other thing I've been playing Great. is Minecraft. That's probably. <laughs> Just filling in the void. I've been playing on a Minecraft uh, Realms server um, with a bunch of other guys I know. Um, pretty fun. So, anyways, that's uh, Ray and I played a Ray story and I for played another it. podcast, lads. Ray and I played an Apex Legends last night, and we were, I'd say, one shot away from winning it, and I've yeah. never lost my mind more. So, Eddie was pretty pissed off. Alright, was this Ray's fault? Any... No, no, it was actually the third, had a it was, game. It was, it was the third guy who yeah. I don't know how he didn't kill the guy. I just don't. Yep. It still boggles the mind. Yep. Story for another podcast. Anyways, on to the topic of the show. We are now talking about Batman v Superman, aka Dawn of Justice, aka Superman 2, Batman 1. What is this? Dan, 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 dan. Um, so I will hear no jokes about that team. 
Anyways. I, so I'm going to talk now and then just remain silent for the rest of the episode, right? Well, wait, before you do that, we got to do the facts rundown. We got to do the facts rundown, dude. Yeah. So this is no. the 2016 follow-up to Man of Steel, directed <laughs> by Zack Snyder. Right, right. Yeah. I have to do this again. We oh. we should do this. We should do this. So just so everyone knows, um, our last episode was on Man of Steel because oh, yes. we are going to do Man of Steel Batman v Superman, which we're going to review now in a minute, and the Joss Whedon version of Justice League before Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out on March the 18th. So that's the idea yeah. going forward. So don't miss our next episode either. Yeah. Good promo there, Eddie. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're great lads here. Um, so this is the 2016 follow-up to Man of Steel, directed by Zack Snyder, uh, written by Chris Terrio and David S. Goyer. Um, starring, of course, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, Henry Cavill as Superman slash Clark Kent, Amy Adams reprising her role as Lois Lane, and Jesse Eisenberg as Daffy Duck. Um, there's a few other people in here as well. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's a bit of a thing. Actually, we were saying this before. Je- Jesse Eisenberg's role in this is very underappreciated, and we'll get into that as we go on. Yeah. This was produced for a budget of 250 to 300 million dollars and does anyone without knowing take a stab at what it made in the box office? It definitely made a profit. I would say 700 million. Eddie? I think it was close to 850. The closest without going over was Eddie at 873.6 million. There you go, Eddie. Two for two, yeah, Robert. Not too bad. Two for two. Rob's just going to memorize hard. the next one. I'm, I'm going to log into Wiki and change it before he comes up with the show. Um, Jesus, forty million. God, it did so bad. Jesus. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the first time seeing this, or at least the 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 build up to this. Do you guys remember the small feature that came out where it was Batman standing on the roof? lighting the light and you just see superman in the sky and the eyes um that, what that i remember Mark, blew me away but what i remember was that the reception to man of steel was underwhelming both mm. box office wise and critically and warner brothers went oh my god oh no what do we do and they panicked into throwing batman into it because batman is their cash cow mm. and I still remember the Comic-Con where it was announced, if you remember. Yeah, vaguely, yeah. Zack Snyder read out an excerpt from The Dark Knight Returns about, you know, the, the spiel that Batman gives Superman. I'm the one man who beat you. Yeah. And he read that out and the crowd went crazy and they showed the, the symbol of the, the big S and the bat symbol. Mm. And as much as I, I knew logically that this is a, a jump, jump the gun here, Jesus Christ, we, we need to get money in now. I was still crazy excited to see Batman and Superman on the same screen. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we then we got that that teaser you're talking about and yeah, mm. again, you know, all the all of the the shivers and the goosebumps and everything. Yeah, I mean like the, when I saw that I, I think the first time I heard about that teaser was um Kevin Smith, and I think it was Fat Man on Batman, he was talking about that teaser that he saw before it got released and goes, oh man, you know, it's the Fat Bat logo and he's got the white eyes and when you see this, it's going to be amazing. 
I was like, this is going to be fucking deadly. Um, and it was. That teaser, to, to this day, is still one of the best parts of the movie and one of the best teasers that came out in advance of it. Um, I think before we got that, we got the sad Affleck. We did. We got a couple of the... the, the it's kind of comical. It's kind of his thing now. It's the Zack Snyder, black and white, people looking sad. Yeah. Photos. <laughs> yeah, where it was just like this in fairness like the picture looks so cool of mm. batman but again he's like his, has his head down and he just looks like he's in the pit of despair <laughs> <laughs> he just realized he batman all over so yeah you can't, you can't kick superman's ass you know um <clears throat> but yeah i, I remember mean, um what? the second version of this movie coming out so when you know again this movie wasn't all that well received critically or audience wise yeah. And there was a lot of complaints about plot holes. So then they released the extended edition. Mm. And I don't like this movie, but I do think the extended edition is better. I assume we all um, watched the extended edition for this episode. That's what I did. Yep, me too. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I think it's at least, maybe I'm wrong, one of the first times in memory when studio kind of went out of their way to promote mm a post-improvement of a movie. Yeah. I think like usually you get a director's second, cut. Didn't it get a second years later. release? Did it? I, don't, I didn't end. Yeah, mm. I didn't see it in the cinema. No. I ended up downloading it on the Xbox store, I think, because it was the fastest way I could get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I found crazy, and I think that's a trend that has kind of just skyrocketed a bit in the last few years. Mm. I um, don't remember seeing this in the cinema, really. Did we not see this uh, yet already? Probably, but I, I, I have very did. little memory of it. I think I got the Batman flash. I had the little Batman figure on top of her. I think I that's probably the most. I think we definitely saw this because I remember you were in my apartment when we watched the reveal trailer. Yeah. For the first time. Um, I think we yeah. might have been going to a quiz or something. I'm pretty sure we saw this the night it came out. Oh, we you know, we definitely did. Yeah. But as I said, like I don't. It's not that I I know I saw it. I know I saw it opening night. I have very little memories of being in awe or mm. or being crazy about it. And I don't I don't even remember being that pumped for it either because I think yeah. I'd seen some of the reviews by the time it come out. And I know that last trailer where you hear Doomsday, I was like, oh, "What are you yeah. doing showing that in the trailer?" Yeah. Well, I suppose we'll get into the plot points then. So. Um... Yeah, I mean, the the intro to this movie gives us something we haven't seen before, which was the Waynes being gunned down. That was quite refreshing, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, thank, I would never um, have known where Batman's origin came from if I hadn't seen it for the 14th time. I will maybe say, I'm, I do like the score in that bit. That it, is, there is it, it is great. Now, maybe now you guys hop in if you think differently. Maybe I'm kind of visually blind in comparison to other people, but Definitely, at least with Zack Snyder. I think if you, you know, just showed me a clip of any random Zack Snyder movie that I hadn't seen before, I'd be able to tell you it's a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. Because he has such, like, a, a way with the visuals mm. that works really well in some cases. Like, the it's the speed ramp thing he used to do all the time and say 300 and so on. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, it happens again in that scene with, the, mm. you know, slow motion pearls bouncing off the ground and the gun shooting back and you have to say Martha. all the versions of the Waynes being killed this is definitely the most beautiful one <laughs> because you know, the, the score is beautiful i like the slow motion 
I know it's a little bit cliche Snyder now, but it's very reminiscent of the intro of um, Watchmen, like yeah. that whole kind of slow things, yeah, that things happening, and that's exactly yeah. Sorry, that's kind of what I meant. I suppose is there's a lot of parts of this movie that you could just edit into Watchmen, and you'd be like, yeah, that that fits fine. Yeah, that's probably mm. that should probably be there. Yeah, um, and yeah, I don't know if it's a, is Zack Snyder just putting a stamp on things, or he doesn't really try to visually make things distinct. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of really his thing. Like, to me. like I, I guess, like he's he's maybe he always wanted to use that style for something like this type of movie, and obviously he got to use it in Watchmen, and it just worked. So why not just use the same thing in this? And it did work. I yeah. mean, I, I love it. I think the intro like of this music or intro of that movie is still one of my favorite DC movie intros, if not the my favorite. It, I'd, yeah, feel it's... Cheated. I'd feel cheated if I didn't get this from Zack Snyder in a film. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't agree, but uh, I, it's funny you say that, Ray. The way you described it, actually, do you know what? If this was to show up three or four Batman movies before it did, um, it would be the best way that Martha and Thomas Yeah, died. I mean, like, imagine if Batman begins open with this, like, exact same scene, yeah. filmed the exact same way. I like as much as I love Batman Begins, I think. Uh, actually, geez, I can't even really remember what happens at the start of Batman. It's Begins. really underwhelming and quick. Um, is it just super just... quick? No, well, the start is the start is him uh, falling down the well. Isn't it? I literally watched this two days ago. Why do, why do we fall, <laughs> Mister Wayne? Um, so while he thinks about that, yeah, I. You have me a little bit convinced, Ray. I still yeah. don't like it here just because I've seen it too many times. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we, we all had the same reaction. I think everyone rolls their eyes when they hear of the Waynes being murdered again. Even at the end of Joker, everyone was just rolling their eyes going, here we go again. <laughs> They're probably the, the most killed fictional characters in cinema. Yeah, it's, be, it's literally been done to death. <laughs> I'd like to see a version where they're just kept alive and Batman gets his trauma somewhere else. Well, there's always that great um... smothering by his parents. Well, no, the uh, the Flash is a Flashpoint. Yeah, when Bruce and Martha die, as opposed to Thomas. No, Bru- Thomas only Bruce became... dies, and Thomas becomes Batman, only... and Martha oh, right. becomes the Joker. Yeah. Um, anyways, we get the second intro then, which is the end of Man of Steel from the perspective of Bruce Wayne, which I I think is fantastic. Um, it's a good callback to the first movie. Yep. Um. Yeah, ties in really well and gives a bit of a feedback as to, or sorry, a bit of a kind of a backstory as to why Batman resents him so much. Like Batman hates people already because he's been hardened by Gotham, but now he's taken it to a whole new level. Like now, yeah, it it's such a cool scene because obviously he can't be Batman at that moment, right? No, um, or maybe he didn't even have time. He could have been literally somewhere else. I was like, shit, get me straight to Gotham, or sorry, straight to Metropolis. Yeah. I have to help. Um. And like him running against the dust, yeah, and just striking him like a force. Um, it's so cool. It's kind of cool love... how he runs in and doesn't even kind of think twice about it. That's it. I I yeah. love that thing yeah. so much. I actually There's think no hesitation. I think it is even though he doesn't have the suit on. One of the most Batman things I've seen on film. Mm. It's just he doesn't care. He needs to go and help people. It's yeah. really cool. Um. Yeah, um, I, mean, I also like the, I, I like that this scene as well. If you, the, I know there's a supercut online on YouTube somewhere of the the scene from Man of Steel, and they put together scenes from Man of Steel and then tie it in with the BVS stuff. 
Mm. So you see shot for shot what's happening, and then you're seeing the reaction from Bruce Wayne, and it uh, it gives it another context. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I thought they they treated it very well. I mean, obviously, Man Steel massively criticised for the death count, even though they say it's officially what five thousand. It's way more. Um, it's way more. They kind of they show kind of the human element, and I, I suppose that's a big part of this movie as well. Um, yeah, like you get being responsible for that tragedy. Um, that I think I said this last time actually. This and um, Captain America: Civil War are very much a response to people kind of saying that in those in say mm-hmm. Age of Ultron and Man of Steel, in that like you're killing way too many innocent people. You know, you know we're a lot more empathetic these days, which is good. Mm. And even seeing it on screen is just you know we've had so many. Skybeam movies destroying the world. Mm. Sick of it. You know, we don't. These are us. Mm. We're the viewers, and we're the ones who would die in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll give them praise. I mean, I won't take the criticism away from Man of Steel because it is ridiculous. Oh, it's also it's so numbing. It's so boring. We went, we went over it in the last episode, but it's so boring at the end. Mm. How many sky? Your skybeam stuck in my head now, Rob. How many skyscrapers <laughs> are falling down? And in this, I do like that they address it. You know, other filmmakers would nearly double down on it. Hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I appreciate the, the gesture, even though you know it, it's coming from a place of, oh god, we kind of made a mistake here. But yeah, I like I, when you get a very underused Scoot McNary uh, in as kind of like the main guy who is criticizing Superman for what he's done. I like that element of it, where hmm. you know. If you throw Scoot McNary is the guy who the beam is on his legs, yeah, and yeah. first line uh, picks it up off him. You're the boss, boss. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, um, I can't really remember. Do, do we go into the courtroom scene after that? But or is it just back to just Clark kind of working for Daily Planet? I think he's he starts hearing about the rumors of uh, Bat Vigilante or something like that in Gotham, and I think the greatest parts of the extended ultimate cut is Clark Kent just being Clark Kent going to Gotham, doing investigative journalism, uh, visiting the tenements and kind of finding out that type of stuff. Um, but I think I, we get, I agree. The only problem I have with it is why the hell is Perry White putting him on sports? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your but, only problem with Clark Kent working for the planet. You've got me. I mean, I don't even understand how he even became a journalist. How does he get a job? He hasn't. He probably doesn't have a job. Now he's on sports. That annoyed me so much. As someone who, as someone who has a master's in media, I got so annoyed with it. I think I'll be a journalist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you look at Apple, maybe your your life would be a little easier getting a job. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> hey, he does his best, all right? I'm a Saxon man. <laughs> but um, I think actually before that, before he goes investigating the, the Batman, um, we get our first uh, Batman reveal where the cops go, I think it's on a raid of some kind, and they find the people um, imprisoned in some sort of, I don't know, dungeon, like, tenements or some kind. And they're... Not the today. Yeah, it's, it's just coming up. Human trafficking ring. Let's see if you can uh, list the 10 tenements over the... <laughs> now, <laughs> is it ever explained why Batman is branding people? Um, so they, they're, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't particularly like that bit in it. 
is it not like isn't the whole point to show that he's become cruel and that's like basically the the brand isn't like any type of thing it's just to show that here's another one i got like they're they're stepping it up so i'm stepping it up and then the reason why these people get shaved in prison is because everyone else thinks they talked to batman yeah but the backstory in the extended edition is that luther is paying people to kill the people who've been branded by the bat symbol so it looks as though batman okay yeah i missed that as well yeah so luther's that that you see it in one scene where the guy shivved but then that's why clark gets involved that batman sending him to prison to be murdered so that's why he says the brand is a death sentence okay um, yeah, well, that, I knew that. I thought I. That's why I didn't really like the bit because I was like, "Well, Pat, surely Batman knows that people who are getting branded by him are getting killed in prison." Yeah. So that may that's actually that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I like that they have a reason. It doesn't explain why Batman doesn't look into who, who's killing them and why. I don't think he cares. He, it's like, <laughs> yeah, at this anyway, point, no, he is Batman, like, but he's like, like as the whole point of that movie was, Batman is. He's a darker version of himself. He's been pushed to the edge and he's basically, as the joke would say, one bad day away from breaking his own code. And my yeah. God, he breaks it fairly easily in this movie. Um, <laughs> God. So, yeah, I mean, we may as well go into that. Like, I, The more I watch, re-watch and watch new films with Batman, the more I kind of just go, whatever. I, yeah. I, it really doesn't bother me anymore. Like, he can say all he wants in Batman Begins uh, and The Dark Knight that he has a code. He kills loads of people in those films. Yeah. Or isn't it um, canonically um, the end of the killing joke that he kills Joker? It's all up to interpretation. Yeah. I thought I read a thing by the writer saying that um, you know, he Moore. thought it was obvious. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I thought he personally. Well, Alan Moore can, you know. Alan Moore is not a happy man. No, he's a very bitter, bitter <laughs> man. Um, yeah, I mean, like the only like not to go on too much of a tangent, but the only media that really emphasizes Batman's not killing is really the animated series. Like, well, I mean, in fairness, they do try it in the Nolan trilogy. Like, that was always a that's a massive thing in that. But yeah. like, he does kill. You yeah. know, it's just I not. Mean, even it's Rachel not... Ghoul, like it's like I'm, not, I, you know, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. So you're technically killing him. Then there's a moment where in is it the Dark Knight. Yeah, I think it's the Dark Knight when he's driving the Batmobile through parts of uh, what Gotham, and yeah. he shoots a bunch of cars to get out of his way. Right? Mm-hmm. How does he know there was no one in there? Oh yeah, yeah. like he's, he's... collateral damage that Batman causes is pretty huge. He's probably and scale huge, but pretty big. It's the same with the truck when it, it flips over. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, people could have easily been killed in that. Mm. Yeah, it's and you know I, I will say that they try their best in those. It, when you look at the Burton ones, it's like he, he literally kicks a guy <laughs> down. Um, what is it like the bell tower? Uh, yeah, he also in Batman Returns. Yeah, throws a grenade. Jo- no, he just gives him back the bomb and pushes him down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see it. I think there's actually another one where he drops the stick of dynamite down some clown's pants and pushes him, and he just that's the bit. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyways, back to Batman v Superman. So, (laughs) but no, I mean the the point of that is like it's not for me. I know a lot of some, but some Batman fans and some journalists who listen Empire. I love Empire, but there's a certain 
one or two comments that come out of Empire that make no sense. Mm. When you go down a line of, well, the character's meant to do this, one, read the comics, first of all, because he yeah. kills plenty of times in the comics. Well, so wasn't his initial conception like he had a pair of pistols? Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, and, and like, I appreciate that, you know, that has been a part of his a part of the, the identity of Batman is that he doesn't kill. But there's also another identity where he does. And, you know, to condemn a film for that reason alone mm. is, for me, a little bit vindictive. And I don't really get it in this. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it also stops you from telling any other stories. You know, mm. then you don't, yeah. as you were saying, Ray, you kind of have a darker Batman there who's much more damaged. Mm. Um, and if you, don't allow for changes in how he approaches crime fighting or whatever, then it's just the same Batman movie over and over again. Of, yeah. Oh, I can't do that because I'd kill him. Yeah, and I mean, look at yeah. the, 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 the <laughs> characters. <laughs> Where is it? Where are you Where are the other drugs going? <laughs> so the, the goofy Batman? It's the, it's the, the what is it? Um, Batman, isn't it? But the comic, a, college humor uh, thing. College humor, yeah. yeah. How did Batman get his voice the first? <laughs> Where are the other drugs going? Where are the other drugs going? Why are you talking like that? Fill with my voice. <laughs> it's not threatening at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, like, we'll, we'll carry on the story beats then. Uh, we have the whole point where Lex Luthor, I guess, he's trying to get an import license to bring in a massive chunk of kryptonite. Um. I'm guessing he knows that it. I've always been a bit baffled as to how he knows it can harm Superman. I've always been a bit confused about that. Um, Does he though? Yeah. Um, the there... only time we know that it happens is when he's on the ship in Man of Steel. Yeah, like that's the thing. That's it. He. That's how he gets Zod's fingertips. Yeah, but so how did he know? the kryptonite can cut off Zod's fingertips. I mean, that, that part in the movie is a little bit ambiguous. But anyways, let's let's assume behind the scenes, maybe Lois recounted her time up on the ship and said their own atmosphere and planet kills them and somehow... Yeah, that's them. what I was thinking. I mean, I hate the, I hate doing that because I hate when people do that for me, you know, yeah. making, making the excuse for something that doesn't happen. They should have shown it and they should have mentioned it, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, Batman and Lex Luthor both have kind of the same goal, but for different reasons. So... Batman wants to get hold of the kryptonite to make kind of like a deterrent against Superman, whereas Lex Luthor wants to get a hold of the kryptonite to basically take Zod's fingerprints and somehow gain access to the world ship. That, um, I think, is really like the gnomes from South Park meme. Uh, get kryptonite, yeah. get Zod's fingertips, question mark, question mark, profit? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, it, it's a bit mad, like, I can I don't even want to go down it. It's really unrealistic considering the type of movie it is, but let's just say he has the power to do it, um, which he does. But I don't know. It's just, that part just really annoys me. Like, why would you let an eccentric billionaire gain access to an alien spaceship? Like, wouldn't that thing be locked down massively? See, I yeah, get distracted by the performance from Jesse Eisenberg, which I love so much. So I, I, I forgive all these little bits that don't really make sense. Yeah, I mean, you're kidding, right? No, oh, I actually, uh, I can't stand him as Lex Luthor. 
love him as Lex Luthor. I, I actually I do. I, I've warmed up to um, him massively. Uh, initially, I did not like him, but the more I watch this, the more I kind of go, this is a very good take on Lex Luthor. Mm, yeah, I, I really don't like it. The spoiled game. He doesn't look, yeah, but he doesn't look competent. But look at how this he, guy did any of this. But he didn't. His father built the company, and he's just but the spoiled he rich kid. Yeah, no, but maybe like he it. like he might just be a genius. Like he definitely is smart. Um, but his, let's not forget his father built the company. That's why he said, you know, uh, my father built the company. I'm just the Lex in front. You know, you know, what's it? Write checks for Lex. He said. Um, He's a narcissistic manipulator, which. I I love that take on Lex Luthor that he, you know he's he's so self-involved that mm. he's able to mani- manipulate anyone with anything because he he believes that he should have all the power all the time. I, I don't. I hundred percent agree with you. I just don't like this portrayal because to me Lex Luthor's all of what you said, and he's the kind of person who thinks he's right, but mm. what he's doing is for good, and he's just misguided. Kinda, yeah. And I he, like, just don't get that here. I, like, he doesn't. I don't know. I guess again, I'm thinking maybe of my favorite Lex Luthor, which is the animated series. Yeah, is the best portrayal. Um, See, I like this portrayal because it's it it goes into this spoiled kid who has huge daddy issues, mm. uh, and he just wants to prove daddy wrong the whole way. And I I, I know what you mean. And if it if you, if you have a certain view on what a character for you is and it's not shown, then I do get it. But as yeah. far as as far as what they're going for with the character of Lex Luthor, I think Jesse Eisenberg is incredible as him. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I 100% get what you're saying. And even, say, my idealistic version of Lex in this movie, he wouldn't be different enough to Batman mm. to warrant inclusion. Yeah, that's, yeah. He'd just be another really competent billionaire who kind of wants to put Superman down because he's against him. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, what's the point in including him then? Of course, I would say probably shouldn't have been included anyway. Um, mm. Just make the movie more about Batman and Superman. Mind you, seeing uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's performance as Kingpin, you almost kind of wish he was cast as Lex Luthor with the yeah. same personality. That would have been <laughs> fucking amazing. Get the axe. See, I wouldn't change Jesse in this because I think he's so different to anything mm. else going on in the film that he's a breath of fresh air when he comes on screen. For yeah. me, I, ju- I just think it's such a dark and dour, humorless film at times that he is just having the time of his life as this billionaire spoiled brat who, who wants to piss everyone off and he wants to piss you off because you're watching. Yeah. But I, I just I think it's yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um I think we then jump into the, the scene at the gala when Batman and for some reason Clark Kent gets invited, but we know the reason behind the scenes, uh that for some reason Lex has found out Clark Kent and Superman are the same person. This thing I don't know. How did he even find this out? Uh, maybe he just looked at their faces. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is a genius, and apparently, if you're able to decipher this, you must be a fucking genius. I mean, in these days, right? Facebook has all of our uh, faces logged, <laughs> yeah, whether we want true. it or not. And Je- Jesse Eisenberg happens to be the CEO of Facebook. Probably knows who he is. I you know, always think right, Superman's this, that's a photo. very unfair comparison. I, I, I always get a bugbear about this when people go, he's just um, 
Mark Zuckerberg in this movie. It's like, he's not. He played <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg no, and he I'm, played I'm a kidding. bad I'm version just, of yeah, Mark he's, Zuckerberg. He's, he's, he's not that I was just uh, referring to the fact he played Mark Zuckerberg. No, but no, I, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, there are some like, people who actually genuinely think he's just Mark Zuckerberg in this movie. It's like, imagine. Not. Uh, <laughs> I just imagine the scenario where, like, you get a selfie with Superman and you put it on Facebook and Facebook, like, Auto shows it as who's Clark Kent? Yeah. <laughs> that's not Clark Kent. Yeah. Clark Kent wears glasses. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's the line in. Oh, hold on, what's the line in Mystery Men? Captain Amazing doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, what's his yeah. alter ego? Oh, in... Lance. Um, oh, can't remember Lance. O'Neill. Yeah, uh, but they're the same person. Uh, no, Lance O'Neill wears glasses. Captain Amazing. Doesn't wear glasses. Lance Hunt. Lance Hunt. Lance Hunt. And the, the other one. That's all I could think when I watch these movies is, how doesn't anyone know? Have you seen the, there's like a meme with Zooey Deschanel and one of them is like Zooey Deschanel, you know, where she has her glasses and her bangs. And then the other one is her without glasses and without bangs and her hair is kind of put back. And it goes, me looking at Zooey Deschanel without her glass and her bangs makes me believe that people wouldn't have a clue that Superman and Clark <laughs> Yeah, they look like two different people. Um, That's funny. So yeah, I mean, like at this gala, we get introduced to Batman and Superman shaking hands for the first time, wasn't it? Um, like the, obviously the the trailer bait scene where it's like, oh, you should not pick a fight with this guy. You know, you go, all right, yeah, that's definitely going to be used in the trailer. Um, but I guess we discovered that well, Bruce Wayne is there to get info on some sort of ship called the White Russian, was it? Or is that, was that what didn't think he knew it was that yet? He finds out later that it's a ship. Though. Yeah, yeah, he they, they believe it's a person, and then they, yeah, they yeah. find out it's a ship. But he, on like, but his uh, hard drive gets stolen by uh, Diana Prince. Our first scene as of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. But here's like the problem I have now. Again, this is a technical rant. Okay, so oh. Alfred Tech rant with Rob is, Tech rant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alfred is say, operating this um, little hacking device that Bruce yep. plants, right? So he has remote access to it, okay? Mm. So how come he can't just pull the files off? Because that's why not how the file stuff have... works. <laughs> right? Right? Isn't that handy? That, that's not how <laughs> like, the MacGuffin Batman works. You, have remote you physically to have device. to plug the MacGuffin in. <laughs> but, but you have to, okay, you have to plug it in, but you have remote access, which means you can get the files on it. Yeah. Which means it doesn't matter that you don't have it anymore. You already pulled the files off. Or you're just using it as a router to send the files. Files are never on it anyway. They're just sent to you from it. I'd Look. love to enter Rob's brain watching one of these films sometimes. Because this is just stuff I don't think about. I can only imagine like putting in a USB into a laptop in a, in a scene in the film. And Rob's just going, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not how this works. I mean, yeah. It, it's fine. I just I think it could have been done better. Um, yeah, look, sure. Anyway, it is a nice story has to happen. So Diana steals yeah, yeah. It's a nice introduction to Gal Gadot. Now, question yeah. for you guys: I haven't seen Wonder Woman eighty four. Um, how prominent is she in the media of the world at the time? In nineteen eighty four. Yeah, she's she is not at all. She. The the film kind of tries to explain how she's going under the radar, where she's taking out security cameras as she does various good good deeds. So they're but, really trying to avoid that 
problematic. Yeah. The, the yeah, 80 years or so where she hasn't been one one instance been caught on video anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then look, um, the, the next scene, I guess, is Superman's being called out by uh, Congress to basically answer for his actions taking down the world ship and but it was also um, the, the 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 inciting incident of this was uh, he went to save Lois Lane mm. from um, a warlord in Africa. Yes, the warlord in Africa was actually all of his men were killed by what turned out to be um, LexCorp mercenaries. Yep. Um, and Superman goes on and he basically saves Lois Lane and leaves the warlord there, but because that warlord dies supposedly the village is attacked mm. but of course what really happened is um the woman who was testifying before congress who's from that village mm. was paid off and threatened by LexCorp. she's not in the theatrical cut either so like this yeah 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 exactly it, yeah. like there's a lot of threads there where you're literally thinking wait what where yeah. why did you think Superman i think that's just... actually how it leads clark kent to kind of really hone in on on batman at that point because he goes and visits that um apartment complex and <laughs> obviously the guy in the wheelchair is doing the lottery card and he's doing the bat symbol and tells clark kent you know don't be around here when the sun goes down um yeah <laughs> fair enough <laughs> He yeah. doesn't say that to him. He, he does say something like that, doesn't he? Superman to Batman. No, no, no. The the old guy who's doing the lottery ticket, he's doing the scratcher and he scratches the bat symbol into the lottery ticket. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you're right. He says something like that anyways. Uh trying to think what happens after that is um God, Jesus, for such a long movie, I'm actually blanking on what happens in the middle of it. I I suppose actually no, Batman gets back his um hard drive from Wonder Woman. And he this... starts deciphering it, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, yeah. You're you're jumping past the whole Congress scene, which is pretty. Oh yeah, big. yeah. Sorry, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Eddie's best mate, the lad, the lad with the legs, um, Scoot has, McNary, been, the legs. has been given a fancy. The lad ring. with legs, and he is, literally has no legs from the knee down. Well, that's it. Yeah. Um, now, there is a funny moment here, right? Hmm. Um, and it, it's a bit sad. I think uh, is he talking to Superman? I think, or. I think he's talking to either Superman or Bruce Wayne, maybe, about, like, I have to piss sitting down. And I was watching thinking, that's the least of your worries. Like, a lot of people with legs piss in, sitting down. I'd be pissed off about missing my legs. Yeah. It is a you weird know? There's a lot of... The, the the word piss is in this a lot. Yeah. yeah. In fact, Grandma's it's all around that pee. one scene. Maybe they're just, like, the writer had it in their head. It's like, this scene's going to be about urine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to piss all over the screenplay right now. Um, yeah, and another scene, I guess, in the extended cut that, that isn't there is Lex gifting the guy the wheelchair, wheelchair didn't he? Um, yeah. Yes. Where we get our, our one F-bomb. Yeah. As well. Uh, well. What the fuck do you want? Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. And then Congress blows up. Yeah. And like, the yeah, the, chair. The, the Congresswoman, obviously, because Lex threads her earlier on in the movie saying, or no, she says you can... Um, pissing a jar and call but my grandma's peach tea and I wouldn't drink it or something like that. So he yeah. obviously leaves Lex the jar. Lex is also like a heartless bastard in that scene because he puts his um his oh, PA system, in yeah. the room. Yeah. 
So yeah, the 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 Finch, I guess, is Yuan's name. The congressional hearing um, personnel turns around the jar and sees that slave that, and she knows, holy shit, something bad's about to happen. And she looks over at the well, guy even, in the wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. And at least in the extended edition, she was pre-informed by the woman from Africa. Yeah. About LexCorp buying, like threatening her and buying other people off. So it kind of shifted the whole scene about being about to be attacking Superman to hang on Lex is up to something bad. Yeah. And yeah. then Congress blows up. Um, and my God, is that a huge bomb? Like, yeah, that probably kill most of Congress and maybe the Senate. Like he Lex has devastated the, uh, the, the US political system. Yeah, it, it's an incredible wipe. fucking explosion for the size of the packet, like being fitted into a size of a wheelchair. Like that yeah. looks like a small hydrogen bomb. <laughs> yep. Um, um, there is one thing about after the scene that I like and don't like, um, where it shows, because part of me was like, hang on, why did Bruce Wayne's ex-employee hate Bruce Wayne all of a sudden when he Bruce Wayne literally shows up on site and saves his life, pulls him yeah. from under the wreckage. And then they show that Lex um basically well it shows up later on that they Lex has like stolen the checks and sent these crazy messages on it. You know, so your man didn't really get his checks. Like hmm. Lex faked sending them back. Okay. There was one now this show comes up later in the movie. I'm just tying it together now. Yeah. Um but there's one thread I would have really loved, which immediately when I watched the movie, I kind of heard Kevin Conroy's voice and those nice bits of investigation you used to get in the animated series of like Kevin Conroy's Batman sitting in the chair in the office. It's, office, it's a bat cave. Um, talking to Alfred going, see Alfred, this is this writing here is subtly different to your the guy's real writing. Mm. This has to be done by somebody else. Um I don't, yeah, like, I feel like Batman should have been more skeptical of that whole thing. Yeah. And that he shouldn't have just accepted that that's what happened. He should have analyzed the writing and done a bit of investigation. Um, I guess just because I could visualize it so strongly as what I would have liked to have happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that it's still mad. All of Congress and the Senate basically being blown up. Mm. Yeah, and, and I, <clears throat> I yeah, suppose this is, of... a... sorry, go on. No, no. No, like, and yeah, I mean, the the there is a scene where Batman is then by the docks. I think he's trying to get the. I think it's before he actually gets access to the Kryptonite, where him and Superman actually have their first altercation. Um, where obviously there's an amazing chase scene with the Batmobile somehow being able to drive through bricks like they're fucking stacked boxes. Uh, <laughs> whatever the hell that, that machine is made out of. Um, and then obviously it swings around a corner and Superman's just standing there. And I love the scene where the Batmobile just hits Superman and bounces off. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Even the look of Batman's face when he turns the corner, he's like, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's that real glare of, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually one of the best scenes in the movie. It's just him going, fuck. <laughs> And then the uh, I do like the line. Next time the the light shines, don't come to it. The bat is dead. Yeah. yeah. Do you bleed? Do you bleed? You will. Um. Yeah. And then um. Obviously, look. It follows on from that, where he eventually gets the the kryptonite after stealing it. Um. Then Lex lures Superman out, and this is obviously the part of the movie where I always went, "How did he find out he was Superman?" But let's gloss over that by 
kidnapping Martha Kent. Or no, he knows Lex caused the, the explosion and he confronts him on the roof. And, you know, he's literally about to, you know, tear him a new but one. But he actually kidnapped Lois Lane at that point. And he yeah, he's kidnapped both. He's kidnapped both. Yeah, yeah but you but don't know about know, Martha yet. Yeah, he doesn't know Martha's yeah. kidnapped at that point. And that's why he thinks, you know, um, he actually calls him Clark at that point, And that's where he kind of like goes, what the hell? How does yeah. this guy know who I am? There's one thing I have a problem with here. Right. If every time Superman uh, can save Lois Lane if she's ever in trouble from across the globe, right? Mm. How, how does his own mother get captured? Because so the plot he, he... needs to uh, move on. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the plot needs right. to move on, Rob. Look, this that's... is like, uh, do you ever watch How It Should Have Ended dot com? Yeah. yeah. So do you remember the How It Should Have Ended of the original Superman? I don't know if I brought this up last time. You did, time. yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing here. Of like I'm going Superman. to just assume that he assumed his mum was okay because she's just living on a quiet farm but and he's always looking out for Lois and that's why he knew Lois was in trouble. He's super. He's supposed to be able to hear her. You think he'd leave like just a little bit of his brain tingling away hearing, oh, my mother's in trouble. And even if he doesn't, right, even if they mm-hmm. do capture her, how come he can't just go, oh, that's where she is. I'll go get her right now. And there's no, no way Lex could know. Yeah. That's yeah, a good, because he's Superman. All, all good points. Yep. But it doesn't happen in the movie, Rob, so we're not going to talk about it. Yes, it doesn't happen in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So Lex basically, I don't know, he he knows Batman's co- going to call Superman because he knows Batman has the kryptonite. Um, I don't know whether he's get, he orchestrated that or what. Um, I think partially it, he did, right? He needed the kryptonite anyway so that he could um, cut Zod and get the finger. He only needed now, a sliver of it, though. Yes, but and I think you're right. It was like both. He needed it himself, and he wanted to goad Batman into getting it so that yeah. he'd have something to fight Superman with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, obviously, like uh, the light shines in the sky, and Superman thinks that he's in the clear. That he's rescued Lois, and he goes, "What the hell?" And he goes, "Oh no, not that girl. The most important woman in any man's life, his mother." And then that's where he starts like flicking the polaroids at him. And I love the the way Superman breaks down. He's like, he literally can't do anything because he doesn't know where she is. And where Lex goes, oh, I I, I told him not to tell me. Brilliant. (laughs) No, it's the, um, where is she? And his eyes go red. He goes, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't let them tell me. (laughs) He's great. Um, Yeah. And then he basically like just gives them the ultimatum, you know, kill Batman or I'll kill your mother. Um, Which, you know, it's not the worst way to get Batman to fight Superman, but it's the way this movie goes. Um, I do like the concoction of little techniques Batman has to surprise Superman. Um, first of all, okay, like... this is this is one of my least favorite moments of the entire film. Really, when, when Superman arrived, not not the fight. Okay, the fight is the fight's good. When Superman lands and goes, wait a second, we need to talk. You don't understand. I was like, just get it out. Just get what you just say. He's Lex has kidnapped my mother, Martha. Yeah, there's a real problem with pronouns here. Of just like, you know, it, it's the typical um, rom com crap. Mm, yeah. Like, no, wait, I can explain. And someone walks away without hearing the yeah, explanation. Yeah. But my problem with human beings would be like, okay, yeah, I'll give you five seconds of explanation. <laughs> but yeah, my, my problem is not that. Um, my problem is not that they don't have the discussion because I understand that that would mean that the fight doesn't happen and mm. you need to 
to happen in this film. Yeah. My problem is that they let there be moments where he could say yes. it. So I yes. wish he'd landed and he goes, Batman, and then Batman puts on the sound thing straight away. Yeah, he needs yeah. to put him he off. Gets syllable out. Mm, and Batman yeah. has, Batman's already in the attack. Don't yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Just a, a little bit more editing there and it would make more sense. Yeah. Because mm. like, oh, no, no one could go, oh, why didn't they just have a chat? He's like, well, Batman was so on it that he just would not let him ha- say one fucking word. Yeah. What you needed was um, a reason for Batman to be more on the defensive, where he would attack Superman immediately upon seeing him. Mm-hmm. Rather than letting him get a, a single word. Yeah, uh, that's it. Um, that's why I wanted the the sound barrier thing that goes off to go off the second he lands. Yeah, that would be cool. She, she goes, ah, and done, gone. Yeah, no, that that would have actually been really cool if that was approached that way. Um, but yeah, you gotta love this um, uh, scene. Like, obviously, he destroyed the sound thing. I, I can't remember what the second one is. Is it kind of a missile? Just guns as well. The it's guns, literally just yeah. a bunch of machine guns. And then <laughs> Superman, I think he just picks him up and tosses him over the roof. And it's where Batman smashes through the wall and sees the street below him. And he goes, and this is face is like, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> this is how powerful this guy is. My favorite bit of the fight scene is when I think Batman gets him down on the ground and then picks him back up and presses him against the wall and starts punching uh, Superman's yep. face over and over and over again and gradually every punch gets less and less powerful because <laughs> Superman's face is just turning into the fist. Yep. No, but the Great. best part about that scene is the way Batman backs up and he holds his hands up going, wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why would he wait? You're after smashing his head into a sink. <laughs> um yeah i mean the start of that whole thing like the first uh scene where he breathes in the kryptonite and superman goes to throw a punch and batman actually stops and he just goes my turn and he just like fucking properly just beats the snot out of him um so yeah that that scene goes on and on and on eventually batman somehow gets superman down on the ground after two kryptonite grenades and is about to stab him with the spear where lo and behold Lois Lane somehow knew where they would end up fighting and running to just be like no 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 he's talking about his mommy yeah you got to save Martha I do remember watching it and thinking oh no (laughs) like I really didn't mind it when it happened I've 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 come to like it less (laughs) I think the same impact would have happened if Lois Lane wasn't in that scene. If he just went, why'd you say that name? He goes, it's my mom's name. And he would have the same backup thing. But like Lois kind of coming in and goes, it's his mother's name. It's been like, I feel like this would have played out the same if you were here or not. There's a a real thing I thought was going to be contrivance to bring in Aquaman here, actually. Hmm. I think it happens right at the scene where they have the spear of Kryptonite. And I I just don't understand why Batman throws it away. Um, it doesn't make a lick of sense. But anyway, yeah. this is why I thought he did it. Because um, I think Lois Lane throws it in the water or something. Or it gets in the water somehow. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, they have a whole thing of having to save Lois Lane because she goes to get it later on. But I thought, I really thought they were going to bring in Aquaman. Yeah. I remember sitting in the cinema thinking, oh, wow, okay, th- th- that's stupid. But fair enough, you're going to bring in Aquaman and he's <laughs> going to come up with a spear and uh, help. Yeah, I think we've skipped past. Well, we skipped the... past loads here. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, the, like one of the one of the bigger ones, especially as in our build up to Justice League, is the the USB key. Rob's favorite thing. <laughs> I, I yeah. did want to jump back to this actually. Um, 
just on one point. I love that Lex obviously hired a graphic designer to give all these people yeah. logos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and logos yeah. that they keep. Logos that they never see unless Batman shows them, maybe. But logos that they keep. <laughs> yeah, what, it's very what unusual. What did you think of that scene when you first watched it? Because I remember kind of going, geez, they're just throwing everything at the wall here, aren't they? Are you? Do you mean yeah. the, the scene previewing the new heroes? Yeah, so the flash inside. Yeah. It felt a little bit like, shit, we don't have enough time to give these people individual background movies. We better put in a brief synopsis here. Yep. It was like, um, do you know the way to do that in TV, where if they're going to do a backdoor pilot, they'll have you know the characters show up in some other TV show for an episode or two. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it's Mork and Mindy! Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and suddenly they have their own TV show. I will say, um, we, felt... we do... Go on, sir, Rob. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, we, we do need to skip back for a second before we get to the finale here of the nightmare sequence. Yes. Because yeah. yeah. It's going to be a big thing in Justice League. So as he was um, decrypting the, the, the MacGuffin hard drive, he has a dream slash premonition um, of Darkseid taking over the planet, and basically this is his future. Now, my assumption, actually, now this is really nerdy, okay? I got that Superman obviously has taken over Apocalypse. And no, no, Superman that was, that... is in charge of the planet. I thought Superman was in charge of the planet as well. Yeah, because no, all the bad guys, the bad military guys, have S symbols on their chests. Yeah, but if you look over the field, there's a giant Omega symbol burnt into the ground. Yeah, but in this yeah. in this context, I mean, you're not given any context of the Omega symbol unless unless you're like a big comic book nerd. You're not I think. Well, that. I think this was always the intent and. Basically, Superman was going to be kind of like a herald for Darkseid. So Darkseid was going to take him over and use him as kind of like one of his leader men instead of Steppenwolf. That could be that could be what 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 they're they're aiming for with it. Mm. But I know in the context of it, it looks like the Superman has just gone insane because Lois yeah. is dead. Yeah, yeah, basically, a la Injustice, the video game. The whole thing with that. I, now, am I wrong in that this? Um, this sort of future vision he gets from that flash, which I guess is like, it's not a dream, right? It is actually a thing that. Oh, it's flash a premonition. And my, my theory behind this was that uh, there was possibly tachyons bleeding into the room while the flash was trying to break through. Yeah. Yeah. And that those tachyons yeah. were causing him to see the world he was coming from and his. Well, you know, it's true as well because Bruce Wayne wakes up again and there's still papers flying in the back. Yeah. But this again has that pronoun problem, right? Um, the whole thing of you are right about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like who? Just say right about who? A good guy. Joker. He's a good Robin, guy. Alfred. Yeah. Be really, be really specific. <laughs> I should have got um, rid of Alfred. But, so what you're saying? Alfred's letting too many people yeah. in the back cave. Yeah. Because of that premonition, and because of the really vagueness of uh, the Flash's warning, Batman feel obviously like it emboldens Batman to think he has a reason to distrust Superman. Yeah. 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 yeah actually, that's true. But I quite like, like I'm I'm I think actually the bit in Justice League that I'm looking forward to most is the stuff with the nightmare sequence because when I saw the Whedon version of Justice League, it kind of just it made that scene way worse in BVS because it's just there. Mm, it's just yeah. thrown in there. Whereas if they actually follow up on it in this, um I might go back and watch BVS and enjoy it even more because yeah. it might tell a better story. Maybe not a complete story, but It'll have two chapters at least instead of one. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so that's the the nightmare sequence. Uh, yeah, well, I guess after that we we had him developing the power suit, which is pretty cool. Um, after I do fight, like the uh, the CrossFit scene too. The witch. Batman uh, training. You, <laughs> you would love that. When he's in the shower, yeah. Oh, where he's flipping a oh, tractor God. tire. Yeah. Hey, ben Affleck's an attractive looking man, right? Actually, I have to say, um, you know, there's a lot of things I really don't like about this movie. Um, I love Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, if anything, this movie makes me, this and the next one, make me a bit sad now because we're not going to get a Ben Affleck Batman. Yeah. Um, he was a really good casting. Um, I think he really embodied the role. Mm. Um, now, he didn't get good movies, unfortunately, but he got a great Alfred. Yep. And he got a great suit. Um, I don't know so much about the Batmobile. Uh, you don't see that much of it, I guess. It's fine. It's wrecked. I'm just um, glad we're getting, we'll probably be getting like a, a close out instead of just him disappearing with the yeah. flash coming up. Yep. That's, that'll be a. That'll be a nice closing chapter to... I keep saying chapters. But that'll be a nice parting gift from Ben Affleck as Batman. I think instead of the whimper that was Joss Whedon's Justice League, I think we're getting a, a better finish. Yeah, I'm not Hopefully. looking forward to watching that movie now, in fairness. <laughs> I it, Listen, it took me um, about four different watching, watches uh, just to finish BVS. Um, I finished yeah, an hour... <laughs> yeah, just to finish it this time, yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I watched an hour of it and got too pissed off and then I stopped <laughs> and then I think I watched it in half an hour increments. Mm. Um, but there's some bits that I really like. Um, and I just want to say that like, uh, I'm, I'm still saddened that we won't get uh, Ben Affleck Batman, especially with him directing maybe. Yeah. I Even mean, though I'm look, not sure how much of an action director he is. Honestly, dude, the way things are and the way things have turned out, I wouldn't be surprised if down the road we get a standalone Batman movie with just Ben Affleck. And possibly up against like Deathstroke or something. I don't think so. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. Well, we never said Snyder Cut would ever happen. We never said like whoever saw Jared Leto coming back as the Joker for that after the way they treated him True. when walking. You're Phoenix right. Was the issue though him. is that we already have Robert Pattinson now. And, yeah, yeah, but it's a different universe. And, and we're yeah, but we're also gonna have Michael Keaton. Yeah, but now it's possibility for a multiverse works. Yeah, so look, anyways, yeah. they, well, they're having their um, smack around. Uh, Lex has gotten into the world ship and started resurrecting Zod's body, creating what the Kryptonians determine as a, an abomination. And he calls Superman's doomsday or whatever. Um, so is that actually, I never picked up on this. Is that the body of Zod? Uh, yeah, that's why Doomsday has Michael a scar down his face. Did you know that? Sorry, Z- Z- um, Doomsday has a scar down his face, which is the same scar uh, Jor-El gave Zod. Oh well, I God Almighty, I can't believe I never picked up on this. That's very yeah. silly. So it is. It's the same body that's been reanimated, but it's the the reason he turns out like that, and Superman is reanimated normally, is the fact that they use uh, some of. Um, the cross like blood, blood as yeah, well. yeah, it's a cross oh, contamination of blood. There was a specific thing that the little floaty robot talks to Lex about, um, saying that this creates the abomination, yeah. an ancient evolutionary species of Krypton that the council has forbidden. Yeah, yeah, I was like, well, where is the council like dead? Yeah. Then proceed, yeah, yeah. yeah um, yeah. I it, think the reason it doesn't happen to Superman in 
the next movie where he's resurrected in the exact same format is the fact that his blood is the codex of the Kryptonian species. And I'm just going to use that as the MacGuffin that works. <laughs> Whatever. His blood is magic blood. Um, so yeah, like Doomsday, I don't hate Doomsday in this, but it's incredibly unnecessary. Yeah, I think like Ed said at the start, actually, when they gave it away in the trailer, Mm. I was immediately, I knew what was going to happen. I knew the whole movie. I knew, okay, so it's not just BVS. You're going to kill Superman too. Yeah. And there was literally no mystery anymore. Yeah. Suddenly it's, oh, you're going to kill Superman. And then the next movie is you guys bringing him back. Mm. I like. kind of wasted, yeah. I liked how he evolved into the proper Doomsday because I remember when the first incarnation of Doomsday appears, I just thought of the troll from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> the cave troll. It yeah. looked the exact yeah. same. It's like they had the same character model or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then and I was like, oh my god, what? Like, literally, there's there's a load of designs in the comics and the animated series that you could have picked from yeah. instead of Lord of the Rings, and then the when the um. Atomic bomb is, yeah. The nuclear bomb is is hits them. That he mm. gets the the bone spurs at the back and everything. Yeah, uh, that nice little cameo we have here from uh, Aquaman's brother. What? Also, yeah, really. The voice, yeah, the voice of Patrick Wilson is the president. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I did he, not know that. Like two different characters in the DC EU. Hmm. There you go. Um. This is where we see Superman up in the sky after that nuke goes boom, and he's got the skinny Superman vibes going on. Um, obviously absorbs all the sun radiation and comes back for round two against uh, Thingamajig. I did like that moment as well. Yeah. Um, although before that whole big fight, I suppose we're jumping all around the place, we get the next big reveal of Gal Gadot in her proper Wonder Woman costume for the first time. Music. Yeah, with yep. the proper that was like, cool. distorted violin music. It That reveal is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the way she steps in and Superman goes to Batman, she with you? And he just goes, I thought she was with you. That's what my, I actually, most Marvel fans will disagree with me completely. But the, you know, the very famous shot now in Avengers of the camera going around the Avengers as they're yeah. looking up. Yeah, yeah. I think this is as good um, with the, the the Holy Trinity of DC. Mm. And Wonder Woman's music, as you see, Wonder Woman in the front and the camera zooms in on them all. Yeah. And they, they, like, oh, they're they're kind of readying themselves like this, like Batman holds up the destructor gun, Superman kind yeah, of. I, I wish, I wish right after that scene there was a proper attack because I would, would have been out of my chair in the cinema. But yeah. they kind of just run and duck under stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's Although, a great moment. Um, sorry, Ray. No, I think you're uh, about to mention the exact same moment I'm about to mention. Is it when she smiles? No. Go on. There's a great. She gets hit by Doomsday. I think she either. Get, get punched in the face and she gets knocked across and she just smiles kind of shakes it off and runs back at him and I just thought that was so cool yeah. I was like yeah this is this is Wonder Woman she's used to fighting these kind of crazy things the, You're the, I was gonna, the bit I was going to mention was the complete indulgent comic book nod from Zack Snyder where as Doomsday is coming for Batman and Batman zip lines up to a building and he does the Dark Knight Returns Superman or sorry Batman kind of pose 
as he with the lightning strike and everything behind him. I was just like, yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I love that bit. That's why um, I, lo- I love when he's such a nerd like that because you're like, ah, oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, and then I guess as the fight is going on, we get a, a side story of Lois Lane trying to get the fucking no. spear out of the water again. Just God, I just don't know why it ended up there. Um, doesn't make sense that Batman would toss aside a weapon that could kill Superman. I yeah. don't know why. I this is one of my sorry, Rob. Go on. No, I, yeah, probably the same point as I said earlier. I really thought it was just contrivance to get Aquaman in it. That was why. It's like mm-hmm. this is making sense, but fine, Aquaman's going to show up and get the thing. This is again one of my my biggest problems with the film. In so in Man of Steel, you have Lois Lane who gets off a ship, mm. granted with the help of Jor-El, but she's shooting, you know, aliens. Yeah. <laughs> she's never been in space before. Like she's 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 totally badass. And here, this is her third time being saved by Superman. Yeah. Yes. By far the worst one. I I appreciate the first one happening fine. The second one for plot for a plot point had to happen. Okay, mm-hmm. I get that. That makes sense. This one, I'm like, why is this here? Why yep. is why is she being put in this peril? Yep. You she don't need really to be in danger again. No, you don't get anything out of it either. Like he he saves her, and then they have like a conversation about him going to do what he has to do, and she gets all upset. You yeah. could have had the same conversation without her being in peril. Yeah, absolutely. She yep. could have gone to get the spear and like who knows, dodged a few flying, uh, you know, bits of building, mm-hmm. um, ducking, dodging, doing a, a cool thing instead of like going, "Help me, Superman." Which is basically yeah. what you do. Yeah. I hate that. No, I, I it completely undermines the little bit of feminism you get with Wonder Woman being like a cool hero. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, the way Gal Gadot is shot in this movie is not exactly feminist viewpoint. Not like the actual first Wonder Woman movie where it's shot normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Ed, it's the same problem in um, Justice League. She is just, mm-hmm. just a McGovern. Yeah. yeah. It's not great. Uh, yeah, and then look, the the battle winds up. Superman uh, sacrifices himself, killing Doomsday in the process, and himself. Doomsday stabs him through the chest with one of his bone spurs, um, and everything kind of dies down. And Gee, we get our Jesus reveal. On that though, stabs it, like you say that lightly. That thing was about three or four inches in diameter. Oh, it was a spur. proper that, like, impalement. His heart is gone. Yeah. <laughs> it was an impalement. Let's not mince words here. It's a huge hole in his chest. Yep. And um yeah, and it's 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 pretty incredible like that they went to do the death of Superman straight away, but whatever, that's what DC wanted to do or Warner Bros. not DC. Um and then yeah, the Doomsday's dead and there's the pseudo religious carrying of Jesus uh symbolism there with the tree crosses in the background and them standing over the superman's body like jesus um and then yeah it wraps up with a state funeral for superman in an empty coffin and and oh wait actually i thought he got buried in that one at least in justice league i was almost certain that they take him out of the superman coffin not the clark kent one i could be wrong though i definitely remember he he comes out in the suit so you'd imagine he was they're oh, not right. very Clark Kent in the suit, so and we'll have to wait till next week, I suppose. Well, it's actually a weird one because when they're digging up the body in, yeah, because Clark Clark was buried in the 
Kent Farm beside his father. Oh, sure he, whatever comes way it is, it's he comes out topless with um. He just has like baggy trousers on. He yeah. doesn't have the suit on. Baggy trousers, little baggy trousers. <laughs> yeah, it must have been. He, no, he must have been buried as Clark Kent. I'll watch out for that one again and see what what's what's going on. Um, Can't yeah, wait. and then obviously you know what was um Martha saying of. They were going to close the bank or something? No, is that that's at the end of the bank was going to foreclose in the house. Except no, the debt's been paid off by someone. Well, how'd you do that? I bought the bank. You bought a bank, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's re- <laughs> actually it reminds me of Inception. Yeah, um, where? Yeah, um, I mean, look, the, basically plays Batman. Yeah, the, the the movie itself. I mean, obviously, you know, the they have the reveal at the end where Batman says to Wonder Woman, you know, I failed him in life. I won't fail him on death. And Batman reasserts his good um, position on good and, and kind of hopeful rather than his dour sourpuss antics. Yeah. Now here's a question for you. Now I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but this jumping ahead with a viewpoint of this movie. Okay. So this movie ends with Wonder Woman, Batman and Superman on good terms. Hmm. They're all agreed that they're fighting together and, there's no bad blood between them anymore. Yeah. Why does Superman wake up and try to kill them all? I figured that's just a defense mechanism or something from being dead. Like he's just in shock. No, I, I, I get your point, Rob. I, I thought about that as well because he goes, you well, you know, we'll get to in justice league, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I have the same thoughts to be honest. I, just, I, yeah, I heard um, that the original idea was it wasn't them who resurrected Superman. Um, it was actually Steppenwolf. And that's why he comes back and he's slightly evil and they slowly convince him. And the way he's convinced is that he sees Lois for the first time. Is that He comes around and he's like, what the hell's going on? We yeah. also see Steppenwolf in this film in the extended version. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Which... the um, pool. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a, I'd be remiss, I guess, without mentioning. It has been forever since I read the Death of Superman comics. Um, does anyone remember? I think he just does a Jesus thing and shows up, doesn't he? Because there is Steel um, and the Superboy and who else? There's a bunch of Supermans when Superman dies. Yeah, there's four of them. Um... And I think the real Superman just sort of comes back eventually. They, they don't actually revive him. He just... I think his tomb is just empty. It's the exact same yeah. Jesus analogy. He just escapes from his tomb and he's gone and they're like, no one knows where he is. And then four people take up the mantle of Superman. Yep. Um, it's quite good. Right. I saw the uh, animated movie there about two years ago or last year. Um, it's very good, actually. I can't even find my comic anymore. Um, after so many moves, you, you just lose things. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like the very, very last kind of scene of the movie i guess shows the dirt on clark's coffin slowly kind of lift or whatever and then it cuts to black i don't think that really has anything to do with anything i think that's just residual superman energy leaving Uh, no i mean who knows now because you know we're getting uh who knows how they're going to resurrect him in justice league yeah hopefully there's a tie back into that because otherwise it's like whatever that's kind of was my point actually is that you know the hint to me there is much more Death of Superman comic story to he's not really dead. He'll just sort of appear again when he wants to. Hmm. Um, but the death of Superman in the comics, at least, now again, 
It's been forever since I read them. Had a bit more of a finality to it because Superman was mature Superman. He'd been around for a really long time. He'd done loads. So his the sense of loss of him was greater. Hmm. But also his power would have been higher. Yeah. So um, I guess, you know, what my ramblings are is yeah, I I really thought that hint, especially the first time I watched it, went, oh, he's just he's just going to come back. Hmm. It's not going to be a resurrection arc. It like the I mean the people trying to resurrect him like they did, uh, like they built um, Doomsday. I thought they would just have him show up when they yeah. really need him. Yeah, I mean, like I kind of hope they don't do the fucking uh, Laz- Lazarus Pit esque resurrection again, <laughs> but I think they're going to. <laughs> I, th- I just think they will. They, it's, I heard Liam Neeson I, shot some scenes. <laughs> I'm not your father, but what I do have is a certain set of skills. <laughs> right, thanks, Dad. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we we can leave it there. That's um, Batman v Superman. We've been chatting about oh, it for you have the last the, hour and a half. Yeah, a long time. You have the like, the last little uh, button. Oh scene. yeah, the the, the post credits season or scene. Who wants to take that away? Go on, Eddie. Well, you, you kind of find out that you, I I really like this scene because it's it's quite horror film esque, where he's told to go up against the wall and then all the lights go out and sorry, Lex is in the prison and he's yeah. told to you know spread wide and. Uh, <laughs> I beg your pardon. I don't think it's called spread wide. <laughs> God. He Lex just said, "Turn back. around and put your hands against the wall." <laughs> my, I tried. I tried so hard to finish that sentence, and I was like, my head just would not get away from what I just said. I was Le- like, oh, "Lex, turn around, a little bit spread him." Yeah. So anyway, he's he he's told basically to put his his hands up against the wall so that yeah. he's defenseless, and then Batman comes in with his branding. Mm. And he punches it to the side of the wall, so you see that he's he's kind of changed his ways a little bit. Yeah, and uh, basically letting know Lex, you know, if you if you do anything wrong, I'm I'm going to be on you. And then Lex tells him the bell has been rung and he's coming, which is Steppenwolf. Yeah, which I really like that bit because it's it it's really, really it sinister. Yeah, it's great. I love the music on that scene where it's kind of like really kind of deranged, like strings tightening, like. Ding, 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 like that kind of like t- tension kind of I like the reason we get bald Lex Luthor as well yeah it's the fact that he's just in prison and they shave his head rather than yeah. him just going bald yeah um, yeah yeah I mean not a bad movie I, I enjoyed watching it again um, I like the film yeah. I, I don't love the film I don't hate the film I like it I, there's a lot of problems but there's a lot, I, a lot to like yeah, I, I don't like it um, I didn't like that I had to rewatch it yeah. Don't like that. I have to well, Justice League. Yeah, Justice League is the one I'm really not looking forward. Well, to. it's a lot shorter. Yeah, but it's a yeah. much worse film. God, it's just oh, that whole third act. I am just not looking forward to. I was I... literally trying to find a lot of positives with this movie because I, I, I hate being negative with things. Um, there was a lot of things. It's sort of this is a complete tangent, but it's like when I watched Alien Covenant and I left the cinema and I thought. All those elements could have come together to make a really good movie. Same cast, same money mm. spent on sets, costumes, effects. Yeah. It would have been amazing if it had a good script. And I think the same is almost exactly true here. Now, while I don't really agree with Jesse Eisenberg casting, even though I like him as an actor, um, everything else is really, really good. Yeah. You know, it's it just whatever the 
it is not the sum of its parts in this instance. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my, my takeaway from this is I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough that I it's the type of movie I could watch again. So it's not in any way unwatchable. I obviously disagree with yourself about the Jesse Eisenberg thing. I think the more I watch this movie, the more I like his performance, oddly enough. And that's coming from someone who really hated him in it when I first saw the movie. And yeah, like Eddie was saying earlier, depending on what way this new interpretation of Justice League turns out, it may improve this movie on future rewatching. I do like that. I mean, there's, there's so much we can talk about in this film, but I do like that we skipped over the best scene of the entire film. Which one was that? The warehouse yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. the Basically, the ripped from Arkham video Those game. Those yeah, it's just so great. Brilliant. I love it so much. It's the best Batman action scene in it's, any film. It's one of those Batman scenes that we used to rewatch Eddie from time to time in 4K, like that scene yeah. and the pod bike scene from um, Batman Dark Returns Knight. or Dark Knight. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Should we wrap it up there? That was Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, join us next time when we are going to be talking about Josh Whedon's interpretation of Justice League and. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> consistent sigh from everyone. We'll try to talk about it in a positive light as much as we can. And I guess we'll see you guys next time. I've yep. been Ray. I've been Rob. And I'm still Martha. Why did you say that name? And we'll chat to you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.